Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to The Camera Adds 10 Pounds. I'm your host, Peter Sears. I am so excited to have my guest that I have today. Um, I have been a fan of this man and his, uh, his show for quite some time. He is, you guys know him as the co-host of the Mason and Ireland show. Uh, you may have seen him on Good Day LA, and he is the host also of the Culture Pop podcast, um, and he is kind enough to give us some time today. So ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast uh, from the Mason and Ireland show, Steve Mason. What's up, man? Peter, everything is good. Thanks a lot for having me, man. I'm, I, I couldn't believe that you, that you agreed to do this podcast, first of all. So just thank you. I, I can't t- thank you enough. Uh, Absolutely. I was looking forward to it. Sorry, we, we screwed up on scheduling one time, but no, I'm happy to do it. Excited to do it. Now you got quite the, the home setup right here. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, I've been doing the the podcast, the Culture Pop podcast. We've cranked out, I don't know, 50 of those in the last year. So wow. we do have the professional, we have we have the lights, we've got yeah. the, uh, the, the fancy boom mic, all that stuff so that we can uh, do the shows. But it works for you guys too. Yeah, it's, it, uh, I have a, I, I usually record, well, like I said, we, we were in studio pre-COVID. And then when I do interview people in person right now, I use like a Zoom. Um, but it doesn't work with my computer. I, I know, like, I'm no sound engineer, but if I, anyway. Um, okay, so this this is a health and... You may hear my dogs in the background uh, there. That's totally Sophie and Fredo. <laughs> um, this is a health and fitness slash self-help podcast. Okay. It doesn't, it doesn't matter because I think that I mean, you guys have the coolest job. You know, I you, agree. You, you and John Ireland, uh, you know, I've been... I didn't even, I'll be honest, I did not like talk radio before, I don't know, like 2008, probably. Really? Uh, And I remember when I started listening to you guys specifically, and uh, it was, uh, I was just, I was driving in my car, uh, nice sunny day, July 31st. And I remember I kept tuning into the radio because it was a trade deadline. Oh and, yeah, right. It was the uh, the Major League Baseball trade deadline. Yes, and yes. I remember, and so I kept tuning in. You know, I'm driving, so I can't watch the ticker on Sports Center. And then you guys broke the news that Manny Ramirez had been yeah. traded to the Dodgers, which is like, I mean, it was almost like April Fool's Day. You know what I mean? Like that was an incredible day. He had an incredible last part of the season. Unbelievable he, August, yeah, just amazing. The, yeah, he lit the town on fire. Like, yeah, no, he did. There hasn't been, and I've been a Dodger, you know, I'm 41, so I've been a Dodger fan my entire life. Yep. Um, Fernando Mania obviously was a huge thing. You know, I was very little, but I remember it, you know, but as far as like a trade that Dodgers have made, like what was a bigger trade than Manny Ramirez coming to LA? Uh, You could say the trade that brought uh, Adrian Gonzalez to LA. That was exciting because that was the like big a whole Boston fun. Red Sox. Oh, yeah. That, that was, like a, was a plane load. It's like Nick exactly Punto, Nick Punto, uh, Carl Crawford, Carl Crawford, uh, yeah, Josh Beckett, and they were all. But that was like a you know that was like at the tail end. Obviously, they had just sold the team, and yep, we had a chance. But like I felt like the man, that was a huge trade, and it ended up paying dividends. But Manny, the way like Manny just came in and took yeah, over Manny was line. Manny was lightning. Uh, Bottle. He had such an unbelievable run, and that was that was really that August and that September were, were pretty friggin' magical. It was awesome, and I mean, he did well. And I mean, he got popped for something the next year. He had like a fifty, or he had like a fifty game suspension, I think, in two thousand nine. But he was still like, uh, 
But uh, so I was reading something on the internet. I mean, I listen, you know, listen to you guys all the time. You yeah. Guys, right now, you guys are in the one to four time slot. Yeah, they've moved us right. everywhere, but now we're one to four. You guys, but you guys, if I'm not mistaken, are you guys not the longest running uh, sports talk show in L.A.? on LA radio. Yeah, we are. Uh, and by a lot, I mean, we've, we started working together in 1994. So we've been doing this for 27 years and we've done it 17 years at ESPN now. So yeah, longest, and maybe the longest running duo that, uh, John and Ken at KFI who are on in afternoons, they may Uh be, they may have started before us, but I think we've outlasted Kevin and Bean and Mark and Brian and, uh, all the, uh, all the really popular duos in town. So you, you, you have outlast not just sports, but everybody. Yeah. I'll ask the, everybody. Exactly. Exactly. And, and radio is a game of survivor, man. Uh, yeah. You want to make sure that you are uh, not voted off the Island. Like so many of my <laughs> friends have been over the years. It's a tough business. So to have a 17 year run at one station is amazing. You guys, like, like I said, you guys are, I mean, I, I loved listening to you guys. It's one of those things where like, you know, just like podcasting, I feel like, People, you know, you're on their drive home, you're on their drive to whatever it might be, but like people feel like they know you guys. Yeah. So do you ever have like people run into you and like creep you out? Um, you know what? Because I am somebody who has laid everything out there. You know, uh, I it's yeah, not yeah. uncommon for somebody to say, I heard your mom Donna on the show. People know my real last name, Mashansky. Uh, right. People know the names of my dogs, Sophie and Fredo. They right. know about they know the gay thing, they know the bipolar thing. They know I don't I don't think there's anything that can necessarily uh creep me out. I've kind of okay. laid it out there. And I think this is what makes great radio is that personal connection you have yeah. uh with the audience. And the fact that, you know, it's generally speaking you alone in your car listening. And it's a very intimate medium. And I think that's one of the reasons why uh, that authenticity, which we all basically learned from Howard Stern, was the first guy to do all this. Oh, wow, yeah. um, we, we are all doing it because of him. Um, but that style of radio is what I've always been drawn to. Right. I love it. Um, what's up? Because this is like, I was talking about you guys have the coolest job. I think you, it, it's like a cool, it's the coolest job because every guy wants to do that. You sure. Know what I mean? Like yep. every guy, when we're with our friends, with our family, we're talking sports and you guys get to do it. But on the flip side of that, I feel like not unlike I do, I do stand up. I know. Um, and it's one of those things where I feel like everyone thinks they can do it. Yeah. But they don't realize how much work goes into yes. what you do. So if you can speak to that, like, sure. So, we spend with uh, me and my producer, Lindsay, uh, we spend a good hour uh-huh. together on uh, on the phone every day getting ready for the show. Uh, I spend generally an hour in preparation for every hour that I'm on the air. So if I'm doing a three-hour show, chances are I'm prepping for three solid hours to get ready for it. Right. Uh, and the whole idea of uh, the way I go about it is learn everything, find all the right answers, study up as much as you can, and then forget all that shit and just let it roll once you get on the air, which right. is what, which is what my job is, is to, is to take all that facts and that all those facts and that information, and then to turn it into something engaging and, and exciting or interesting or whatever that is. That's really my job. 
So do you have, so you spend three hours prepping on top of the meat. So I mean, basically eight hours almost right there. Yeah. And yeah. Then, and then when you say three hours of prepping, does that also, does that not include obviously, cause you're going to pay attention. So like if the Lakers are playing, if the Dodgers are playing. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, that's, Those, that's that goes well beyond. That. Yeah. That's in addition. I mean, there's always uh, the Dodger game is always on at the house. The Lakers games are always on in the house. MLB network is on in the house a lot. I watch a lot of baseball from, uh, from out of town. Uh, so yeah, I, I've got sports on all the time and that, that is preparation, but right. I would be doing that anyway. I mean, right. that's, what I'm, that's, that's what I was saying. Like you have, you guys have the coolest job cause we all do that, but I don't think people can appreciate like to the, to, the, to the casual person, they turn on their TV, they turn on the radio, and they think it's just people talking, but it's not. Like, there's so, you have to know what you're talking about. Yeah. And there's a ton of research that goes into it. It's not right. Just and new. then it's totally extemporaneous, right? Then you're talking. I have no idea what that means. Completely off the top of your head, extemporaneous, just <laughs> pulling, pulling shit and throwing it out there. And, you know, uh, to, to talk without a script, basically, is right. what that is, without any scripting. Like television, I've done television. I did Good Day LA, and I did sports at Channel 11. I, I'm telling – I'll be honest. A monkey can read a teleprompter. Right. It really is not a hard job to read a teleprompter. What's hard is to do three hours of talk radio completely unscripted, um, completely extemporaneously, uh, and to be able to do that without screwing yourself up too bad. To me, that's, that's a gift as opposed to reading a teleprompter. Right there. Uh, so uh, I'm not naming any names, but right. um, for the last couple months, I've actually been in Oklahoma city and uh, I'll watch the news sometimes. And yep. some of the people are not good at reading teleprompters. Not good at reading <laughs> bad readers. <laughs> they just like, like there's an art to it and it's you're you're not supposed to make it look like you're actually reading correct teleprompter. yeah um, i mean there is a little trick when you're reading on a teleprompter yeah. which is you look through at the lens and you let the words wash over your eyes yeah and so you're supposed you're to not, you don't have the beady eyed back and forth back and forth right. the entire time so i guess there's a little art in that yeah it's it's just funny because i don't think most people would notice it but as some, obviously being from la watching the best people do you know uh it's just funny to tell like oh they do not know how to read the teleprompter but um, the other thing that's really common is you know people will think uh oh you know tv you make more money tv is more important all that stuff you know what the truth is i radio is the thing that i love and i could never make the money in television that i make in radio i'll be honest (laughs) right uh, but you like podcasting now too, huh? I do love podcasting. Yeah. It's awesome, man, to get your own space to be able to do what you want to do. It's fantastic. Yeah. I've 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 felt that. So I've been doing this. This podcast is about two years old now. Yep. And uh, and I do a Dodger one too. That one's a little bit older. Um, but I've found just for me, like as a stand-up comedian, anyway, since I started doing my podcast, I feel like I've gotten better in comedy because. Like you said, there's more just in the moment. You just got to go with it. Like, obviously I have my set ready, but like, I also have to be ready to adjust to something that's happening. Sure. I feel like I've gotten a lot better since I, I'm stronger, I should say, since I started podcasting. Yeah. Yeah. I think the skills translate. Uh, I didn't realize that you started on the radio when you were in high school. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I was... I was on the air when I was 15. That's um, crazy. 
Yeah, I went to a local radio. I like I say, radio is the only thing I ever really wanted to do. I'm really lucky yeah. in that respect. Um, but I went to a local radio station in Toledo, and I said I'd like to buy five minutes of airtime every day. And they said, okay, we'll sell you five minutes at five o'clock, and here's the price. And I looked at that price and said, well, I can't spend that. I don't have that kind of money. So I went out and found advertisers that would run ads during my five minutes to help pay for it. No, I don't think serious. I made much money uh, doing this. Uh, I, I'm maybe, maybe not any, but the fact is I was able to do it and to start out on the air and start the, uh, the, the ride that I've been on. That's amazing. Yeah. I, it was really cool. It was fun. So how, how did, like, were you just like going to the phone book and calling people and asking them? I was, I was, <laughs> I was literally, I was, I was picking contacts and, you know, somebody my dad might've known is involved uh, in something and, uh, it was a Christian radio station. So I went to the Christian bookstore and they advertised and, you know, stuff like that. I was able, I was able to squeeze out, uh, at least not lose money doing it, but to be right. able to do it at that age was really cool. And then you, and you just, and you were just doing five minutes, five minutes. I called it Toledo sports world. That's awesome. Yeah. So you, you said, like you said, you, you, you knew at a young age that you wanted to get on the radio. Like that was what you were going to do. Yes. Yes. That's I mean, that's, that's the thing. It's like, you know, obviously everyone knows you from the show and whatnot and being on ESPN and being on TV and everything. But like most of the time, by the time you see somebody in that aspect, yep. they put in a ton of work beforehand. Like, oh yeah, you, pay, you paid your dues. Like you, cause you did, you did radio. Like I know you were in like Toledo for a while too. Yeah, right? I did Toledo. I was San a Diego. vice president of programming for a station group. I programmed a radio station in Toledo. I programmed a station in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, when I was uh, working as an executive, um, I did radio in San Diego at the Mighty 690, uh, which was a great uh, old lineup that that included people like Lee Hamilton, me, John, Steve Hartman was on that lineup. Wow. Um, Jim Rome was part of that lineup. So we did that and then ultimately wound up at one point on uh, two radio stations, 690 in San Diego, 1150 in Los Angeles and uh, Fox Sports West. And we did a simulcast of that. Um, so we kept, we've kept cranking away over the years. I went to New York briefly, uh, for two years and did morning drive at WNEW in New York city. Uh, learned a lot from that experience and then came back and went back to work with John. See, I think, I think we all, uh, can appreciate just how much, like I said, behind the scenes, but also just like the work that goes into it. Like, cause you were, you were, you started basically you worked for free. It, I did. It's a thing that comes up on this podcast a lot. Cause like I said, it's fitness, but it's also like self-help. Like I talk to people, like, I can't tell you how many shows I've done for free. And right. It's, it's one of those things where I forget who said it, but it's like, what would you do if money wasn't an issue? And it's yes. like, I would do this. Like, yeah, I'm the same. I would do this. Yeah. I mean, there may come a time in down the line. I mean, it's not, it's not imminent or anything where I decide, all right, I, I don't want to do five shows a week. I'm just going to focus on my podcast and do my podcast for the, yeah. for the rest of my career. Um, and that's, that's why I spend a lot of time building it and put a lot of money and effort and time into it. Cause that's what I want to be able to do after the ESPN ride is over again. It's not right. going to end anytime soon, no but way. at some, at some point, <laughs> At some point, I'm going to say, you know what? I'm, I'm a little tired of five days a week. I'm, okay. I'm going to go easy on myself. Uh, but that's, that's a few years off. Uh, what do you think about the Dodgers, man? Uh, just, just crazy, friggin' loaded, unbelievable. 
uh, pitching staff is just spectacular. I mean, you go through that first time in the rotation and probably the four and five starters gave you the very best starts in Urias and, uh, and May. So, uh, I, and I think bullpen is going to be an issue to some degree, although Corey Knabel got in and got a save today with a clean night struck out the side. So maybe Knabel is taking that job from Kenley Jansen. We'll wait and see. See, I know um, that you're a big, you're, you believe in, and I, and I believe in Kenley too. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm not one of those. He needs to be, but I do think I talk about this on my other podcast, but I think that some, like he can throw hard, but I think that sometimes he tries to be too cute and tries to make the ball move. The whole reason why he became a closer was because one, because he couldn't hit as a catcher, yeah. but two, because his ball had natural movement. Yes. But then he got too like, like sometimes I can see when he gets mad, like he'll go in and maybe he'll give up something. And yep. then you see the anger come out and he, I'm like, just go out there and throw hard. I believe in you. There's a little bit of, I mean, I'm a Rams fan too. There's a little bit yeah. of uh, the Jared Goff mentality too there that once something goes wrong in the case of Goff, once he threw an interception or was a victim of a strip sack, once Kenley Jansen gives up a leadoff double or, uh, or gives up a, a, a walk, it all seems to come apart emotionally and, and they yeah. just fell apart. And I think that's a little bit of what goes on with Kenley. Um, I still think Kenley has enough movement on his ball to be effective, but I don't think he's got an especially good feel for the strike zone right now. So they're going to have to yeah. figure that out. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I like the guy. You know, it's like as a He's Dodger, a great dude. He's a really yeah, good dude. As a Dodger fan and just like as – I mean, I, I follow these guys like so matter, no matter what, like I fall in love with them. You yep. know, I, I, I hear the bad. And that, I, oh, that's what I want to talk about before I forget. Uh, yep. I think it was Ireland, but it was a while ago. And it was like, if you want women to like for the guys, if you want your, your girl to yep. take an interest in the sport, in the game, you got to talk about the backstories. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think that makes sense. I think I'm not a big backstory guy. I'll be honest. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I am, I am not a, like Ramona Shelburne, uh, who I joke with all the time, writes these enormous profiles on people. And I think all that is great. And I'll always, you know, skim through it and figure out what's going on and get the general, but, but some of the backstories um, I don't think are necessary. I tend to dwell on um no, I guess there are backstories. Every quarterback has a backstory, right? Every right, starting right. pitcher has a backstory. You're interested in those. I, I'm not a big backstory guy, but I know there are people that believe that's, you know, that's the key to attracting fans. I think it's cool. I, I, I think it helps for like, like for my, like, like my girl taking her to a Dodger game. My girl, my girlfriend's from Oklahoma. So like yeah. taking her to her first Dodger game. And I was like, Oh, Hey, this guy, Matt Kemp, he's from Oklahoma. And she's like, Oh really? Or like, Clayton yeah, Kersh- sure. That Clayton- kind of stuff makes sense. Yeah, like Clayton Kershaw, you know, him and his wife go down to Africa in the off season and, you know, build houses for kids. Yeah, you're right. You're life. right. Those, these are good stories. And plus they yeah. round out these, they're, they're not just athletes whose names we bring up. They're actually people that we talk right. about. Um, and I think sometimes in, in what I do in sports talk radio, people forget there's a person behind the criticism. Right. Like yeah. you're saying stuff about somebody, somebody's integrity, somebody, uh, somebody's behavior. Um, and, you know, you, those words are, are really, really important because they're affecting a person that's out there. Yeah. I, I don't like, you know, I, I'm on all these like. You know, I'm not a big like go out and trash guys. No, guy. that's no. not my game at all. 
The only, the only, and, and I'll be honest, the only person I've trashed, and I didn't trash him, but I just stated facts. Um, like, okay, I'll, I'll be honest. TK blocked me on Twitter a few years ago. Really? <laughs> but he blocked a lot of people. So yeah. all I, I was upset that Jock wasn't starting because I thought he had more power and TK was hitting like 200 against lefties. And right. that's, all I, that's all I said. TK was hitting. And I didn't even at him because I didn't want him to see it, but he still saw it and he blocked, and blocked you. Yeah. And that made me not, that made me upset with him. And I was like, all right, well, you know, fine. Fuck Kiko. Fine, go to Boston. That's fine. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we don't but, need you. But I'm not going on there like, you know, fire Dave Roberts. And I was like, no, like, these guys are people. It's just like, it, it's funny to me, like, these guys are athletes. This is their job, right? Right. They're, it's, they get paid to do this. So for someone to say fire so or trade so-and-so, it's like, well, do you ever mess up at your job, whatever your job right, is? Right, right. Are you going to get fired because you didn't sell, you know, whatever your quota was that month? Or like, that's, that's, that's what you're saying when you're saying that. Yeah, you, nobody fired. yells at an accountant. You're really bad at math. You suck. Those numbers yeah. are wrong. Nobody exactly. does that to an accountant. Like yeah. Nobody or a doctor. Yeah. Like, oh, I thought. Well, if you like, work in stand-up, that's, I mean, that's one of the other jobs where you get instant feedback. Hey, you suck. Uh, you know, all that yeah. kind of stuff that you get as a stand-up oh. comic. We get, we, the feedback that, I mean, in person, you get the immediate feedback, like right. you, you get laughs or you don't. And so that's, you know, if you're not funny, then they're not going to laugh. So that's fine. And that's the profession that I've chosen. But what I think is funny is when people go to like the YouTube or the Instagram clips or whatever, and then they comment and I'm like, I don't even, I don't post clips that people aren't laughing at yeah sure like, like i'm not gonna post myself bombing which i do a lot when i'm working on stuff yeah um, so like when people go on there and say this isn't funny i'm like they already like the people are already laughing it was already right, right. A, a moment it doesn't matter what you say sure and i also i mean i also got paid for that moment so like it doesn't matter i literally don't care what you think at, at this point um, yeah i hear you i hear you totally <laughs> But also, I'm like, but maybe follow me on Instagram anyway, just because. Well, here's the thing, Peter. I am. Uh, I'm about to go on vacation as we record this on Friday, the April the ninth. Hey, Friday, oh, April ninth. That's exciting. Where are you going? Uh, going to Ixtapa, Mexico. Okay, I've never been. First time. We both got uh, both of our shots, and and we're on our way. But I'm I'm getting ready for that. I'm packing. Can can. Oh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Uh, this is. Is there uh, anything this- else you wanted to get to? Um, honestly, man, I'm just happy that you came on, man. I oh, appreciate cool. it. I know you're part of the Ramily. I'm excited to sit in my seats. Me I'm, too. I'm, I'm part of the Ramily. I, I think I'm in the 300 level, you know, I'm not quite your level yet, but I'm just excited to oh, to see that stadium. It's unbelievable. We got to go get a tour of the stadium. It's spectacular. Yeah. I want to, I just want to wait until the first game. Sure. I understand. Is that weird? Like, I don't No, I mean, not at all. Not at uh, all. But uh, thank you so much. You can catch uh, Mason Ireland, obviously, one to four on ESPN LA. Uh, they're the best. They've been around forever for a reason. Thank you so much for your time. Um, and I appreciate it, man. Peter, thank you for having me. I really thank appreciate you, it. Have a good day, buddy. Thank yep, you. Yep, you too. <laughs> so we got it, you guys. We got Steve Mason from the Mason and Ireland show. Um, that was very exciting. I'm just like, uh, I'm just grateful that he agreed 
to do the show. And, uh, you know, he, he's a guy, like I said, you know, I've been listening. I didn't like talk radio. You guys, I stopped. I, I, I thought, I thought I was too young for talk radio and it was that day. And it was just, there was something about the chemistry and, you know, it's kind of like before I started listening to podcasts and whatnot and, you know, he was on the show. So, um, we could talk about some stuff now, you guys. Um, life is good, man. I, I will say this. As you guys know, you know, I've been out here in uh, Oklahoma City for, uh, you know, God, off and on for the last, you know, few months. I've been back in L.A., back and forth, you know, and I just found out that Mr. Gavin Newsom has went ahead and said that, uh he is uh, going to open the state of California completely June 15th, which is insane to me because that means like we're, we're about, we're, we're about done. You know, we have, all of us have endured this whole situation and, you know, we've done the social distancing. We've done the, uh, you know, wearing masks and whatnot. And now everybody's getting vaccinated. People are opening up things. And he's saying that they're going to, they're going to be full capacity everywhere. 100% open June 15th. And that's just, it's really exciting for me because now that means I'm going to get to go back to work a lot more, you know, all the comedy clubs are going to start opening. And uh, it's just, it, it makes me really emotional, you guys, if I'm being honest, just to know that after all the stuff that we've been through, um, that uh, there not only is there light at the end of the tunnel, but like, we're almost to the end of the tunnel, like, and a year ago, you know, we were locked down. And we all had no idea where we were going, what was going to happen, you know, we kind of all thought we were going to die. I did, you know, I watched the news. They made it sound like we were all going to die. And, uh, it was just, uh, you know, and now to think that here we are, like I said, a year later, more than a year later, obviously. And, uh, you know, we can start kind of planning for some future things. And that's exciting. Like, it's really I'm excited. Like it makes, it makes me really emotional because I mean, if you guys go back and listen to some of the podcasts that we were listening to um, early on, I was scared. I was confused. I was lost. I was unsure. I mean, we all were, we couldn't plan anything. We had, you just had, there was no, I'm, I'm someone that likes to, I get my schedule down. I like to plan, you know, my days, my weeks. I got to plan because I'm going on tour. Like I have to plan all of these things. And I couldn't plan anything because I had no idea what was next. I'm just excited, you guys. I just, I'm just excited. You know, I'm going back to LA uh, in a couple weeks. And as a matter of fact, um, we're going to be doing a socially distanced outdoor comedy show i can't tell you where yet but just know um hit me up on social media uh it'll be in the inland empire area because that's where i grew up 
Um, it'll be Saturday, April 24th. Um, so yeah, if you want to go, it's only, we're only going to let like about 25 people come. So if you want to be one of those, I may have posted the invite on Facebook and my socials, uh, by the time this airs. So if there are still some spots, definitely hit me up, but I'm not sure if there will be some, um, but anyway, you know, like I said, I'm just glad that I can kind of go back to planning things. Um, you know, planning tours. I, I already got dates. You know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be in Pittsburgh in June. I'm going to be in Denver in July. I'm going to be uh, in St. Louis. I'm going, I'm, if, if you haven't guessed, um, I'm going to be going to a lot of the cities where the Dodgers are going to be. I'm not doing my tour this year like I was going to do last year, but I'm going to do some of it. So yeah, I'm going to Pittsburgh, uh, like I said, Denver. Um, I'm definitely going to be in Phoenix. There's a possibility we're going to go to New York. Um, I got shows lined up in Oklahoma City. And uh, I think I dropped it on this last uh, last week, but um, I'm going to be recording my new comedy album um, titled, I know we did last quarantine and it is going to be available uh, or not available, but we're going to record that Saturday, August 21st um, here in Oklahoma city. We have a, it's, 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 it's going to be fucking cool. You guys, I have, I have everything. I have the vision of everything that we're going to do. And I'm going to be doing a lot of dates. I'll be in Austin. I'm going to be in Dallas. Like, like my life is coming back, going back to normal. And a lot of our lives are coming back to normal. And if I'm going to be honest, if you're listening to this and you know me personally, be ready to get a hug when I see you. And if you don't know me personally and you're listening to this and you see me, give me a hug anyway. I don't care. Like I just, I'm so glad that we're almost clear. I haven't gotten vaccinated yet, but as you know, if you listen to this podcast, um, I'm not an anti, I'm going to get vaccinated. I just, it's not my turn yet. So, um, but we'll all be vaccinated and it's just, you know, I'm excited. You guys, that's all I'm saying. I'm excited. I'm excited that Steve Mason was kind enough to give me his time. That dude, man, I'm telling you, we watch, we, we watch these, like, you know, like the sports center and these like pardon the interruption and all these different shows. These guys put in work behind the scenes. You know, they put in so much work. Yes, it's a great job and it looks easy, but trust me, it's not. Just like stand-up, you know, people see us on stage and they think that they can do that because when they're with their friends, they are able to make their friends laugh or their family laugh. And my thing is always like, you can make the people that you know laugh because you guys share common memories. You have familiarity with each other, right? You don't have those things when you're standing on stage in front of a group of strangers that don't know you, that don't give a shit about you. Or I mean, maybe they do. Probably not, though. Maybe. But they already expect you to make them laugh. Like, that's hard. That's one of the hardest things. And we make it look, I mean, the good ones, and I'm not even saying I'm a good one. I'm just saying, like, when... When it's right, it looks easy, but it's not. It's easy because we put in the work for these things. You know, when someone, when, when, a, when a, someone like Mike Trout 
hits a home run, it looks easy. But think about, how, you know how many swings that fucking dude has taken? You know how many hours in the gym that dude has spent? Like, yes, he's got natural talent, but that dude puts in work that you don't see. And that's why, you know, I'm glad we got to kind of talking about haters and whatnot, because it's just, it is what it is, man. Like, people want to hate on people that do things that they are jealous of or that they couldn't do or whatever it might be, you know? Um, Let's see. Let me give you guys some dates, just so you guys know. Like I said, April 24th, I'm going to be doing that private outdoor show. Um, in the Inland Empire area. That's for sure. We're going to be in Vegas Memorial Day weekend. I've got some shows there. Um, I'm going to be in Dallas uh, Thursday, May 6th and Friday, May 7th. Um, I'm going to be in Austin June 26th, probably before then though. I've got a lot of stuff planned down in the Austin. I, I love Austin. If I'm being honest, you guys, I'll be honest. This is my podcast. I'll be honest. Um, I'm contemplating going to Austin, not like going, but like moving to Austin. It, uh, right now there are like three kind of comedy clubs going, but there's about to be like five comedy clubs just in Austin. And that's exciting as a comic. Like there's lots of clubs in LA too, but I'm not famous. So sometimes I don't get to perform at those clubs. I've performed at all of them. I've performed multiple times at all the clubs in LA, but you know, you get the priority when you're famous, you know? And uh, I just, I'm contemplating. That's all. I mean, I want to go back home, but I'm also contemplating maybe going to Austin. I don't know you guys. I think like, I mean, after even at what, with everything I've talked about, I think that uh, this has taught me that, you know, maybe, maybe we need to open our minds and think of different things, you know, that they say the definition of crazy is repeating the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And, you know, like I, I've done, I've been on the road comedy wise, you know, I've been doing comedy eight years minus the the time that I lost during this pandemic. And I love LA. It's my home. I was born on Sunset Boulevard, fucking Hollywood, California, born and raised. But also, you know, I've been there for my entire life. And yeah, I want to come back. But I'm also not going to come back just because like it has to make I, I mean, I'm planning on coming back, you guys. I'm just saying this has made me, you know, living, being in Oklahoma City since I've been here. And then, you know, like I said, going to Austin and just going to other places like this is the first time. And maybe it's because I'm getting older, too, that I look at other places and I'm like, man, I could I could maybe live here if I need to, because I could do comedy from anywhere. You guys, I don't need to live in L.A. to do comedy. I just need to be in a city that has an airport so I can get where I need to go or get in my car and fucking drive to the gig. And yeah, like it, it probably will be LA, but I'm just saying, man, that goes for everybody. But I think, I think that we should all, you know, think about just what's important. 
you know, what is important? I know my family's important. I know my friends are important. Those are two things that, and that's one thing pulling me back to, I know this, this is kind of going all over the place, but you know, why I kind of want to go back home is because that's where all my friends and all my family are. I don't have any friends where I am. Yeah. Like I know people in the comedy community and then, yeah, if I went to Austin, I'd know people in the comedy community, you know, and, you know, the great thing about comedy is that, you know, you travel and you get to meet up with your friends. And, you know, I know people I've got every time I go somewhere to a different city, it seems like I have, you know, people that I know that live in these places. And I really, you know, miss just, and the crazy thing is, is that I could be in LA and not run into my friends forever. You know, like, I mean, you could go months without seeing people because we're just all kind of just busy doing our thing, our grind, you know, quote unquote. And then when you see them, it's like, yeah, but the thing is like social media gives us the impression that we're in their daily lives because we see what everyone's doing and whatnot. And you know, then you realize, oh shit, I haven't seen this person in six months. Like it's crazy. But that's one thing about this is like, I do realize that I do like being around, you know, my friends and my family, like, you know, talking to people on zoom, even though it's not as personal, it's just great because, you know, you can see them and it's like, you kind of pick up where you left off and all that or FaceTime or whatever. But like, you know, there's something like as as human beings, we're we're biological creatures. We are. And biological creatures need to be around other of of their own, you know, other biological creatures. So, you know, monkeys need to be around monkeys. Dogs need to, you know, for the most part, it's better when they're around other dogs and so forth. And humans need to be around each other. And this thing, you know, closed us off from a lot of the people that we care about. And so you know, like I said, I know this is kind of all over the place, but I really, this is me, me, me being honest. I miss my friends and my family, and I'm really looking forward to seeing everybody when I come back in a couple weeks. Um, so like I said, if I see you, I'm going to give you a hug. Whether you're a guy, you're, I don't fucking care, man. I'm, I might even, I might even give you a kiss on the mouth. Not with a tongue, just like, like a peck. Now I probably won't, but, um, uh, I'm just excited, you guys. Like I said, things are coming up. We got awesome guests in this fucking podcast. I want to thank Steve Mason for coming on. Like I said, um, April 24th, private show, outdoors, socially distanced, in the Inland Empire area. Stay tuned. This has been the Camera Ads 10 Pounds. My name is Peter Sirs. Thank you guys so much. And I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye.